Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Double Coverage Podcast. As always, Stacy Blackwood here with Jake Thomas. Jake, how you doing tonight? Man, I am doing good. Besides all the technical difficulties we've been having and family drama, but other than that, it's been great. <laughs> well, there's always going to be family drama. Yeah. But uh, anyway, um, let's go ahead and dive in. We got a little bit lengthier episode than than usual this week. Uh, do want to give a quick shout out to all our followers on Twitter. Uh, we've had great interaction this week, and we appreciate that, and we appreciate the support. Uh, and with that, let's as bad as we hate to, let's kind of look back at what happened Monday night in the national championship game against Clemson, and uh, obviously it wasn't a the the uh, <laughs> result that we wanted. But, uh, you know, a lot of things to learn from, a lot of things to get better from for the team, and uh, hopefully that'll happen. Yeah, it was um, it was a disappointment, uh, to say the least. Um, it just seems like that um, we couldn't get our rhythm going on offense. Uh, there, of course, there's been a lot of speculation since then. Uh, a lot of people think that uh, Loxley's head was at Maryland already. But um, it just seemed like the game plan he came up with wasn't a – wasn't working real well. I mean, I mean, our, our three-headed running backs, Najee, Damon, and Josh, only uh, carried the ball 31 times between them. And uh, just to me, it seems like, you know, Alabama's been built on establishing the, the run early, and it seems like we got away from it. Well, you know, the game plan between the 20s was, was really good for Alabama. They moved the ball up and down the field. They finished with uh, 443 yards of offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and up until Clemson's last garbage drive to end the game, Alabama had actually outgained Clemson. So between the 20s, uh, the play calling was there. And, and for the most part, other than the two turnovers, which, you know, were, were detrimental to the game. Right. Uh, I, I say detrimental. Didn't help the, the game very very much in Alabama's favor. Yeah. But uh, Alabama's red zone offense was just pathetic. I mean, that's – that's all you can say. Alabama finished with more first downs than Clemson in the game. Yeah. So and, and time of possession. Yeah, a du- nearly double the time of possession. So it was uh it was just really uh no it wasn't double. It's was 31 minutes and 28 minutes. But there yeah. was a time in the game when Alabama had double the the time of possession that, that what Clemson had, but yeah. It was just it was really frustrating to move the ball down the field and then not do anything once you got in the red zone or or you know inside the the 35 30-yard line of, of, of Clemson. Yeah. And, you know, looking – we can talk about it all day. Um, a lot of people um, want to talk about the defense that we talked to today. Um, you know, after today's um, – little, we'll get into it about the people who's coming back. But it uh, looks like we got a, a good bit return on defense. But offensively, I mean, look at this. We're going to have Najee back. Um, he's probably going to be the main guy next year. Of course, we got Trey Sanders as well. But two uh, – I mean, Jer- all the receivers. I mean, Jared G. This game had 139 reception yards. Yeah. So uh, Waddle's back. Rugs. I mean, um, I, it's going. I got to find a new tight end. I mean, I'm going to miss Irv Smith. Yeah, Irv Smith was a matchup problem for 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 the opposing team. So it's yeah. going to be tough to find that replacement. I I imagine we'll probably see a little more of Jalen Waddle uh, uh, next season, due to the fact that Irv Smith and his production will be gone from yeah. From- this season yeah and 
you know, uh, a big spot on the defense uh, that game was Xavier McKinney. He's be- he's back. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of good good players returning. Um, we we talked about Matt Wilson. Uh, he needs to improve. He needs to quit, you know, doing so much talk and actually show it on the field. And uh, yeah, you know, but um, but Anthony Jennings is coming back. Um, uh, Davis, uh, Moses, Deontay Thompson. Thompson. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot and. And I also want to say, uh, Josh, uh, Job, uh, he had a good game in uh, Smith's, uh, at, you know, when he got injured. He come in and had a, had yeah, a good Josh game. Yeah, Josh Job played really well. And that was that was really kind of an – I believe I tweeted it out uh, mm-hmm. during the game. That, that you did. Kind of a, in the second half, that was about the lone bright spot was, was how well Josh Job played, considering the circumstances. Yeah, uh, exactly. How well he played for a freshman. So, that, that mm-hmm. was good to see. Yeah. Uh, but let's kind of – the game is what it is. It happened. It's over with. Clemson's the national champs. You know, uh, Trevor Lawrence played a heck of a game. Justin Ross was unbelievable and unstoppable. Yeah. Caught everything yeah. that was thrown his direction. So, you know, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Obviously, they have a lot of talent coming back. Their best running back, their best receiver. Obviously, Trevor next year. So, yeah, they'll they'll be a really good team and a really hard team to stop. Oh, definitely. But uh, let's let's kind of move on, and uh, you know, we we tweeted out today that we'd be recording this episode, and we wanted some questions from our followers, and uh, mm-hmm. we got a couple. Uh, our friends over at College Football Talk Daily, mm-hmm. you know, it's at their Twitter. Follow them on Twitter at CFB Talk Daily, and uh, they wanted to know if the uh, if the coaching turnover had uh, had us worried, and, and uh, you know, I'll let you take that first, Jake. Uh, and then I- yeah, um, you know. Today we found out we, we're losing Enos. Uh, we lost Gaddis, uh, you know, and of course Loxley. Um, I somebody tweeted out that Gaddis is the is the lone one that that really hurts. But in my opinion, losing Enos is, is big because look what development, look improvement that Hurts had under him than what we did last year with him. So uh, he was a great QB coach. I was hoping he's going to be the next offense coordinator. Um, so um, you know it. It, it, you know, it, uh, Saban just – I mean, look at Saban's tree. I mean, he's got coaches all over college football. So, uh, you know, it hurts to lose these guys because we need some stability. But um, but I can't blame them if they get a better job than, than what they – you know, than what they had with us if there's no no room to grow at Alabama. Yeah, you know, it's – uh, it, it makes you wonder, and the, the Enos more specifically, uh, you know, was obviously – Nick Saban was not going to offer him the offensive coordinating position. Yeah, that's awesome. or he would have, or he would have st- stayed on staff. Mm-hmm. Instead, he leaves for Miami to take the OC job there, and I think that's a you know that's a good hire for uh, for Miami. Yeah, but uh, you know, in like like it hurts recruiting mostly right now. Yeah, but but with the early signing period, it's it's really not that critical. We've Alabama signed most of their class. There's a couple other guys they're going after. So it's it's really not as detrimental as it might have been before the early signing period, losing coaches, you know, at this stage. But uh, you know, obviously we lost Brent Key as well. Uh, Jake mentions Loxley and Enos and Yeah. And uh Josh Gaddis. But I mean, does it have me worried? I no, because this is a every year thing and it just seems like Saban you know, replaces them, and they just kind of learn to, 
coexist and to build chemistry on on the fly and it and it seems to be working. Yeah. Now, like Jake said, I'd like to have some stability and keep keep some guys around for a few years. Right. But uh it it doesn't really worry me and maybe it's a false sense of security, but it just feels like as long as Nick Saban's in charge, I, I feel pretty confident that Alabama, you know, has a really good shot of making a making a run at the at the college football playoff again. Oh yeah, the one constant in all this is of course Nick Saban. As long as he's there, you know, I'm not I'm not too worried about it. He always finds good guys to replace the ones that leave. Um, I'm going. I got a, a question of my own. I'm going to ask you real quick. Um, I was talking to some guys at work today and uh. Bobby Petrino's name come up as a potential OC hire. Do you see any that no. happening? No. I didn't think so either. No. Saban's not going to hire Bobby Petrino. No. I, I, I didn't Bob, think you would Bobby either. Petrino's – no. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's been people talking about Hugh Freeze. And, yeah. You know, people like him and Bobby Petrino, and I just – I don't see that happening. Uh, I, I just don't see Nick Saban making that move. But, you know, a lot of people didn't see the Lane Kiffin movie when it happened. So. Right. But I, before before we move on to another question, mm-hmm. I do want to talk about uh, AL.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they released an article, you know, who are the potential offensive coordinator candidates at Alabama. Yeah. And I, I will literally die. Any of these guys are hired as the next OC. Yeah, uh, there's one that I I might not mind too much because of his ability to recruit, and that's T. Martin. Yeah, but th- this is the list: Butch Jones, mm-hmm. Matt Canada, Derek Dooley, mm-hmm. T. Martin, Chip Long, who's a rising guy. He's he's a young guy. Yeah, and and Rob Sell, and then uh, last of all, Larry Fedora. Yeah. I just <laughs> uh, you know, maybe he's got some infi- inside information, but man, I hope not. Yeah, I just to be honest with you, I hope not. Yeah, I'm the same way on all of them. Uh, and you know, uh, you know, we had another question from uh Danny, whose uh Twitter is at Bama Cards Pack. So make sure y'all give him a follow. He's a good follow for you Alabama fans. Yes. But uh, he was he his first question. It was it was early in the day. It was before the Enos was was uh announced. He he asked if, if if Enos was leaving, if we thought he was leaving. Of course, we already know that he has, and we've already kind of touched on this, and he wanted to know if he did leave, who would the next OC be. So we've kind of been talking about that. You know, it's kind of kind of early to tell. I think we'll probably know a little more tomorrow once, you know, there's a little more talk out there. Uh, you know, I – I'll be honest with you. you know, a lot of people are, are tweeting at Lane Kiffin, and I—I I mean, I know he probably's not—he's probably not, not going to leave, uh, you know, a head coaching job. Right. That he just took two years ago to be the the OC at Alabama, but he done a really good job at Alabama. So obviously that would be a, an incredible hire. But oh, yeah. it's a long shot. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, people's mentioned Hugh Freeze and Bobby Petrino, and and then the list that AL dot com sent out. This it's going to be something to watch, you know. It's uh, it's going to be really interesting. I I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not going to pretend like I know because right. I really don't have a clue who, I, who Nick Saban's looking at. Yeah, I I what I liked about Kiffin is when when he was there, you know, when he threw his hands up before the ball was snapped and and had had it in the air like a touchdown, and it was every time he did that, he knew 
the play he called is going to get a touchdown. And he was right. I mean, it was it was awesome to see. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Kiffin really did. He he just, you know, he rubbed some people the wrong way, but mm-hmm. uh, he he was always fun to watch. He was. But uh, and he's a great follower on Twitter, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, in uh, I know Casey. She asked. She asked about the defense in, in the national championship game, and and yeah. it was answered. You know, Clemson just just came out and outplayed. But you know, the Alabama defense wasn't a great defense this year. Yeah. And, you know, the injuries piled up. The 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 lack of experience showed. And it all kind of cultivated and, and accumulated, and it really just made itself known in the national championship game against Clips. And they were really the only talented enough team to to expose our defense for for what they really were. They yeah, this is a it's an average defense this year uh, without Q in the middle wrecking. He was he was, I mean, he made a lot of plays for Alabama, and that that without him. Uh, this defense would have would have struggled a lot more than, than what they they did. Yeah, and, and you know, losing losing six D, DBs to the draft, man, that that hurt real bad. I mean, everybody says, well, you know, you you lose a five star and plug another one back. It's yeah, that's true, but they got to have playing experience. They got to get out there and 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 get on the field and and execute. And we just didn't have the execution in the backfield. Thompson has some bright spots. I'm glad he's coming back because I think he needs another year to polish. But um. And uh, of course, we got Sertain, and uh, it looks like Joe uh, is coming in and going to be playing a lot next year. So there's a lot of good guys. Well, hey, and don't don't forget about Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon yeah. Diggs' injury Hurt. was really it, it was really critical for Alabama down the stretch. And, yeah, you know when you lose a guy, a corner that's six two, one ninety five, with incredible length and athleticism, you know that's it's that's tough to replace. You know six two corners don't grow on trees i mean it seems like they do because alabama's got a pile of them but yeah you know he was he was he was really the most experienced corner that we had coming back and uh then he gets hurt and you know it it, it hurt against the better passing teams uh, yeah. later in the season yeah it did for sure uh but let's let's kind of get steer away from football for right now let's uh let's kind of head into and dive into some bama hoops uh you know they uh we gave them a hard time, uh, you know. More specifically, I did after they lost the the Central Florida game and then the the Georgia State game where they blew a twenty something point lead. And I was on Avery really hard, and uh, you know said if he didn't get it turned around that you know it, it, he probably needed to go. But you know since then, you know they they've been they're five and one in their last six. They had mm-hmm. five wins in a row, and a lot of quality wins in that stretch. You know the bit Arizona team. I know they're not the the. You know, your daddy's Arizona, but they're still a really solid team. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, you know, last Saturday they got the big home win to open up SEC play against Kentucky. Yeah. And anytime you beat Kentucky, that's a big win. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so, uh, you know, they got that win, and then they traveled uh, Tuesday night to Baton Rouge, and they got down early in that game, and uh, uh, they were never really able to recover. They, You know, LSU, I think, hit eight or nine threes in the first half. And Yeah. On the road, just in general, it's hard to win. But when the home team hits eight threes in one half, it's almost impossible to win. But give Alabama a lot of credit; they uh, they made a they made a really good comeback in that game. Yeah, and, uh, made it close and and forced LSU to uh, you know make a lot of free throws down the stretch, 
to uh, to get that victory at home. Yeah, um, you know, well, I think we was down like nineteen at one point in that game, and uh, we fought back. Uh, and like you said, we made it close. Um, you know, I think Dante Hall had a um, he had a couple big uh, free throws. He's a you know for a big man, he's he's looks like he's improving his uh, free throws a little bit. Uh, that's good to see. Uh, but you know, Mac he didn't have the game like he did against uh, Kentucky. Uh, Got to get more out of him. Of course, you know, Kerry Lewis is going to do what he does. And Herb Jones had a good game again, 10 points, five assists, five rebounds. Um, and uh, Patty had nine. Uh, Reese had 12 off the bench. Um, you know, I, I can see – I've been seeing improvement by this team. Uh, like I said, we got we got down pretty big. But I think at one point it was like eight uh, – LSU was eight for 11, like you said, uh, for the three-point line. You, you know, you can't – you, you can't stop that. I mean, we had hands, uh, you know, hands in guys' faces, and they still drained them. You know, you, right. just can't, you just can't defend that. But, uh, like you said, they fought back and, and made it a challenge there uh, late. And uh, it's good to see the fight, especially on the road. Um, you got it, got one tomorrow against uh, A&M. I'm uh, ready to see it. I hope they uh, come out and uh, and play like I know the capital will play in, in – uh, Get a get a, a win and be eleven to four overall and two and one in the SEC. Yeah, you know, you know the, the LSU game. Alabama scored fifty one points in the second half. Yeah, I mean that's that's a lot of points for Alabama team. So you know that that's good to see. Uh, they shot well from the free throw line. They shot twenty two of uh, of twenty six as a team. Mm-hmm. You know that's you know might as well say eighty five percent. That's really good. You know, and and Herb Jones has had two. Uh, good back-to-back games where he's kind of filled up the stat sheet, you know, getting ten points and five plus rebounds and five plus assists. Yeah, and all you know, he's always going to get a couple steals and draw a couple charges and. Yeah. Uh, but uh, obviously, we need Mac to be uh, Tevin Mac to be a little bit more consistent. He only had six points uh, in nineteen minutes against LSU. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh, I seen something uh, earlier today when when Tevin Mac plays a certain amount of minutes, Alabama's undefeated. And uh, when he plays less than that amount, they're three and four or something like that. So oh, wow, you know it's uh, here it is. Alabama is seven zero, seven and zero when Tevin Mack plays twenty plus minutes, and they're three and four when he plays less. Huh. So obviously, the, the <laughs> Alabama's key is to play Tevin Mack at least twenty minutes, and they'll win every game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, that's not true, but that you know, it's it's Tevin Mack is a guy who's a volume scorer. He's going to have to take a lot of shots most of the time to get some points. Against Kentucky, he caught fire earlier and couldn't miss from the three-point line. Uh, I think he made his first six three-pointers in that game. So, obviously, you can't expect that every game. Right. But somewhere between six and 22 is where Tevin Mack needs to be. If he can be between 12 and 15 a game yeah. from here on out, Alabama will be a tough team to beat. With, with the bench they have mm-hmm. and with Kyra Lewis running the point, uh, Dante Hall protecting the rim and running the floor and, and catching lobs and uh, getting offensive rebounds. Alabama will be a tough team to beat. You know they're they're going to be a tough out for for for, for most SEC teams. Yeah, and like I said, it's a big home game uh, uh, tomorrow mm-hmm. against against A and M. And you know you got to win you got to win your home games because because the road games are really really hard to win and uh, you better take advantage of your home opportunities. Yeah. And, and you know Texas A&M, they've 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 had a, they're struggling this year. They uh, they got a losing record now. I think they're uh, six and seven overall. So uh, 
you know, they had one, they're zero two in conference play. So you know they're they're reeling, but you know, they got they got some talented guys on their team. So you you can't sleepwalk, and that that's I think why the game is so interesting to me is because you know the first two SEC games, you know you better you had to get up for because you get run out of a building if you didn't play well. Right. But uh, this is a game to, to test to see if, if Alabama's grown, you know, they've, if they've matured some mentally. And, uh, you know, they got T.J. Starks, A&M does, and he struggled this year. You know, he played really well in the uh, the SEC tournament against Alabama. Yeah. He kept, he kept A&M in that game late. And, then, of course, Collins hit that unbelievable floater at the yeah. buzzer. Yeah, that was pretty. Then Alabama to the uh, – to the uh, NCAA tournament. Yeah. But Starks is, is struggling this year. He's only shooting 38% from the field and, and 62% from the free throw line. So, uh, but he's capable. He's he's a really good player. He is – he's averaging more turnovers than he has assists. So, it'll be interesting to see uh, that matchup between him and, and, you know, our child point guard and, and Kyra Lewis. <laughs> yeah. And uh, A&M, you know, they, they uh, play Kentucky, and uh, they, they made it close there for a little while. Uh, Kentucky ended up winning eighty-five to seventy-four. So, um, you know they they played Kentucky well, and Alabama played Kentucky well as well. So it's going to be a good game tomorrow. Yeah, I, I look forward to it. Uh, you know, I, I, it's it's crazy. I'm looking at the at the spread here. Uh, Texas A&M is actually uh, they're five eight and zero against the spread, and Alabama is five eight and one against the spread. Oh That's wow! Kind of funny. And the spread's at six and a half, and the over/under is one forty-seven. So it'll probably be like a five. It, I, it, it'll probably be a six, a six-point game or a seven-point game. It's, yeah. it's probably going to be right on the money. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, you know they got to win that game because you know Alabama's next next couple games are on the road. Uh, you know, so they they really need to win that home game in, in conference play because then they go they go to Missouri, and then next Saturday the nineteenth they play at number three Tennessee. So. Obviously, that's going to be a massive game. Uh, but, you know, got to take care of the one at home, and you really need to take care of the one on the road at Missouri because you got to win a couple road games to, to finish above 500 in conference play. Yeah, and uh, you you mentioned Tennessee, but uh, looking a little bit further, uh, you know, we got to we got to play uh, ranked 14th uh, Mississippi State. We also got Auburn, who's 11th, uh, Vandy uh, on the road. Uh, we also still got Florida, so I mean, hey, don't look past Ole Miss. Ole Miss is yeah, playing well. They are. They they uh they had a big win last night, I believe. They they beat Auburn two nights ago. Two nights ago, yeah. Uh, and, and really in convincing fashion, eighty-two to sixty-seven. So, you know, it's they're they're really playing well. Uh, so that's <laughs> you can't look past them. They're twelve and two on the season. So, the next the, the SEC is just really tough and. You know, Alabama plays uh, at Baylor for the SEC Big 12 Challenge this season, so that's yep. that's not a gimme game. So uh, the majority of Alabama games are on the road, it seems like. So uh, really tough tough stretch, and like I said, I've, I've been saying it a hundred times, I know, but you have to win the home game. So oh yeah, uh, Alabama needs to come out and play well tomorrow and get ready to, to, to have a couple road games uh, later next week. Yeah, and you know it's funny. We always talk about how good the the SEC in football is, but the SEC in basketball is getting getting just as tough now. Oh, I I think the SEC in basketball might be tougher now than what the SEC in football is. And you might be as far as top to bottom. Yeah, you you're right about that. And and you know I want to give 
credit to, to Avery Johnson. You know, like I said a few minutes ago, uh, really gave him a hard time after the Georgia State debacle. And, you know, I mean, I, I had every right. That was inexcusable. But to his credit, he's turned, turned it around. They're 5-1 and one in the last six. Uh, their only loss on the road at, at a really talented LSU team. Yeah. Who was hot from the three-point line. So, uh, you know, them kind of nights are going to happen. But, you know, he, he's done a really good job the past uh, few weeks. And, you know, it's good to see uh, this team has a lot of talent. They have a lot of potential. So, hopefully they can get it all put together. And, you know, make a run in, in league play, make a run when it comes to SEC tournament time, and then hopefully get into the big dance. Because that, that's the goal for, for, for this team. They're, they're talented enough to make it, so they should make it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, another thing about Avery, uh, his recruiting, man, he, he's a great recruiter. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Trenton Walker was at the uh, Kentucky game, so maybe that will give us a little slight edge towards him. But uh, Avery recruiting-wise has, has been awesome for Alabama. Oh yeah, no doubt, and and I think it was big to get a win uh, in front of Trent and Watford like that, especially the kind of crowd they have. Considering that uh, classes had not started back, and and a lot of fans were uh, in Santa Clara for the national championship game, mm-hmm. it was really bad timing to play Kentucky as far as trying to create a, a home court advantage. But give the students some credit; there was a lot of students there, and give the fans credit. Those, I mean, it was pretty much a packed house, and. Uh, Excuse me. It was it was great to see that crowd, and I think the crowd had had a played played a role in the game. They played they they kind of kept the team motivated. It seemed like, and the team was excited to have the crowd there, and and it was just a really really good win. Yeah, and I do want to say I am so proud that we're not one of those regnet schools that rushed the court after beating Kentucky. Yeah, we, so we don't do that in football either. I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, but uh, you know, you touched on Avery Johnson's recruiting. He he is he's recruited really well. You know, got a top twenty class right now, and, and mm-hmm. like we said, Trenton Walker's still on the board. Uh, you know, we got Jawan Gary, uh, the the number seventy two overall player in in the country. Uh, Jalen Forbes, the number eighty five overall player, and then Jaden Shackelford, the the number ninety eight overall player. So three top one hundred players committed. That's really good. Uh, Obviously, uh, all them guys are already signed. So, obviously, Trenton Watford is really the only guy that they're really targeting uh, for the 2019 class. Uh, you know, the 2018 class obviously included Kyra Lewis. And yeah. that, that that was good to get him. Yeah. We haven't seen uh, uh, Deontay Wood. I think he's out the whole year with an injury. Mm-hmm. But I, I keep hearing that we're probably going to see Javion Davis Fleming. And I, I look forward to seeing him. You know, he's a big guy, 6'9". 250, 260. So uh, it'd be nice to try to try to get him in the lineup sometime. I don't know. I, I hadn't heard anything lately on that, but it would be nice to see him. But you know that class was a top twenty-five class, and uh, like I said, uh, it's a top twenty class right now uh, for the twenty nineteen with with uh, with Trenton Watford still on the board. So Avery's done a really good job recruiting. Uh, he's brought a lot of positive uh, energy to the program. Uh, obviously, in a few years, the the, the basket, the Coleman Coliseum is going to have a facelift, and it's going to look much better. And uh, it's it's really been needed for a long time. Yeah, it has. And, uh, you know, reduce the amount of seats, but increase the uh, the fan interaction, so to speak. So we look forward to seeing all that. Uh, hopefully, Avery's 
here for the long haul. Hopefully he can keep things rolling. Yeah. Uh, recruiting in on the court. So we look forward to that. We look forward to the game tomorrow. Uh, and hopefully they'll get us a win. Yeah. Uh, yeah, me too. I hope so. Uh, but, you know, that's all we got for tonight. Uh, hope you all enjoyed it. We, we enjoyed it. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. Uh, mine's at Blackwood89. And uh, mine is at uh, uh, JTH Double Cover One. Yeah, so make sure you follow each of us. Then you can follow uh, the Double Coverage Podcast Twitter feed yep. uh, at Double Cub underscore pod. And make sure if you tweet at us, use the hashtag Double Coverage. If you have questions, comments, concerns, uh, some new topics, whatever, just just let us know. We appreciate all the support. Uh, and we hope you all have a good evening. We'll see you all later. See you all. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.